Welcome, everybody, to the 215 Senior Podcast. I am your co-host, Dylan Campbell, and with my esteemed co-host, Connor Doherty, Matt Cohen, and Michael Colt. And today, we have a litany of injuries coming out of the Phillies on spring training and other fun stuff to talk about regarding the Phillies. How are we doing, guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. Fantastic. Fantastic. I don't know about fantastic. I'm a little hesitant after all these injuries, but, yeah. you know, I'm not – you know, it, it doesn't make or break the season, in my opinion. Nah. But um, I think that these are all fringe guys, except for maybe Ranger. But Ranger, yeah. Hopefully, that's Ranger. a fringe injury, right? I mean, yeah. forearm. I mean, so speaking of Ranger, we can start off with him. Ranger obviously was recalled prior to his um his WC WBC uh debut with Team Venezuela, and. He had some left arm, forearm tightness or, you know, just soreness, what what have you. Today, it was reported as of March 14th, 2023. He did throw a short bullpen session um, that, you know, and he said he wasn't feeling any pain. It seems to feel normal. It seems to feel good. So, and he is projected to be making his start that first week of the season. I think because of this injury, it's kind of similar to how like Zach Wheeler got pushed out of that opening, that opening mm-hmm. day um, start and Nola was given it because of like the slight injury, like in just ramping him back up. I think Ranger might end up getting put uh, pushed to the four hole and Walker will get moved up to the three to start the season just to give Ranger maybe an extra day or two to like be ready. I think the thing with Wheeler last year, if I remember correctly, he came into camp and he like he was way behind, like he wasn't even ready to go. Uh, Similar to, to this year, last year. So yeah, it's a theme here. Yeah, I mean, our our uh, esteemed uh, colleague Michael Culp went and saw him, uh, and it it didn't end well for him. Isn't that true? I never went to spring training. I thought you saw him in spring training. No, you just watched. Well, tell us your your diagnosis of of uh, Zach Wheeler in that game in his debut. Ah, uh, well, I feel like he's a little behind because I got deep faked. Uh, I got deep faked <laughs> real hard. <laughs> Suck it! I told you guys now. Uh, I just feel like I feel like he's a, probably a few weeks behind because of the World Series. I'd added an extra month to, you know, the season. And he was not prepared. Plus, he had some arm, in, right? He had arm injuries throughout the year, right? Some forearm tightness and stuff. Yeah, he said had he said he had some arm fatigue towards like August September. Yeah, so, so. I feel like he's you know he's still he's still getting back a hundred percent, but no worries, he'll come back within a month, and he's going to be just as dominant as next year, this or last year. Yeah, I know. buy I buy that. I buy that. Thanks. I think the fun thing with Ranger, or sorry, not after I'm doing the Wheeler thing, but the Ranger thing, hopefully it's just a getting back into it. But we really saw that pitch, pitch mix change towards the end of the year. And like it was like, you know, he throws a curveball and a slider. Now he throws a cutter too. More breaking stuff, breaking ish stuff, I think, to differentiate him. So I, do you guys think he'll be as dominant? Do you guys think he'll be better than he was in the regular season last year? What do you guys think will look like as our three starter this year? I won't go first because I'm biased. All right. Uh, I forget the question. <laughs> Rangers outlook 2023. 
Oh, um, but we're talking about Ranger. I thought we were talking about Wheeler. No, no, I was comparing the injury of Ranger's injury to Wheeler, but that's how we like jumped a little bit. (laughs) I think think Ranger could really have a good year. Yeah, well, obviously, we need him to be 100% going into the year, but. He had, a, he had a really good playoffs last year. I know the one start in Atlanta was shaky. I think he walked like five or six guys in that outing. But, uh, I mean, the the control, obviously, it has to be there. Uh, he doesn't have plus-plus stuff. Like, he has, he has a decent mix. But, I mean, we all know Ranger. I don't have to give a scouting report. Yeah. Uh, I feel like – I feel like 13 to 15 wins – Sounds right. And yeah, I agree with that. Give him... Fifteen Ranger wins would be sweet. Dude, is, no, no, I give him. A... Oh no, he's right. I he's think do it. Take. I think he has an outside shot at making the All Star game this year. Oh, like if I had oh, to pick one Philly, that a dark horse is not like it is not in the Bryce Trey Schwarber tier of just Dave, absolute wow. gamers on this team. Not saying that Ranger's not a gamer because he is, but oh, hundred percent. He's clearly not in that tier, but you know, I think he could find his way into the All Star game this year. Yeah, I I think that he the thirteen to fifteen wins is an absolutely astute you know prediction. I think that's uh that's exactly where I see him, especially if he makes you know between twenty eight thirty two starts this season. Um, I think that you know. Pitcher wise, whoever you know selects the pitchers like for the All Star game, you know he he definitely could. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, I think he's got really good stuff. Obviously, like the velocity is only ninety three, ninety four when it comes to fastball, but I still think like his mix of pitches and his ability to like cr- like get a pop up, get a ground ball is just incredible and i think that like obviously the strikeouts are not going to be as high but he he is going to generate a lot of ground balls and i think that you know i'm assuming we're going to get the best version of reese hoskins this year i'm assuming we're going to get an electric he has to he has to um i i assume that Bryson Stott is going to really come into himself defensively and offensively as a second baseman. I think he's going to grow just a little bit. I don't think it's going to be as drastic. I think maybe next year will be that pop-off breakout year for Bryson Stott. Trey Turner, absolute legend in the making already. And defensively, Alex, too, for Trey, not to interrupt, but like yeah. Trey and Bryson could be really nice. Yeah, it could be really nice. It could be one of the best duos up the middle, you know, a year this year or even next by next year. And obviously, I got no worries at the hot corner. Alec Bohm is he's gonna snag that gold glove, platinum glove this year, and everyone's gonna watch. Well, that's he's gonna guy. laugh. That's he's gonna guy. laugh. It's it's gonna be he's gonna have it. I'm telling you, he's getting that. Um and I, and I think that Ranger is going to have a lot of great support, you know, as a lefty, he needs that support coming from like the right, the, he like the, the shortstop, the shortstop uh, third base combo right there. And I think that Bohm and Turner are well-equipped to like knock down anything that gets through there. Uh, not Reese. 
No, 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 no. We, we I'm just Sorry, hoping in case you guys heard that a, a gorilla just fell down my stairs. <laughs> <laughs> um Connor is actually like a wildlife biology major. Connor's a wildlife biology major just doing wild experiments. I mean he was he, he was he was inspired as a young child by Steve Irwin. So <laughs> But yeah, I think uh, moving on to the next pitcher injury, obviously, since the last podcast, we talked about Andrew Painter's injury. I think that now that we have a more official um, diagnosis, as it were, um, and I'll just I'll tell you guys right now, uh, I want to read this accurately from uh, what the Phillies press release has come out regarding um, Painter. He has a sprained right proximal ulnar collateral ligament. It's a lot of words together that are just English, please, Matt. English, basically, this one right here. Yeah, trans translated. It's like around the inner elbow, but higher, but higher, like back, like like what is what is this? Like not your bicep. It's it's your your UCL. Is this your lat? It's, it's not your, your lat. Man, I don't know. I don't know. It's forearm, bicep, inside connector. Bicep. That's, that's right. It's it over by the triangle. Draw a picture of it. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> it, it's basically it's when you put your arm at a ninety degree angle and you trace that ninety degree angle. That's what it is for our viewers I, who can't see us. It's literally the scar on my elbow right here. That's that's exactly what he's got. Well, we, they the, can't see it. So. You can't see, but for you guys, but yeah. Where, so Dylan is pointing out his gnarly scar. Thank All you. ladies I've, love it. I'm always going to talk about this, even though it did nothing to the baseball. <laughs> but yeah, um, his ex- skateboarding. Yeah, yeah, his his expected ETA is midsummer, so it's possible. Depending on how Bailey Falter's doing in that five hole, um, that we might be getting, <laughs> we might be getting both Bryce Harper and Andrew Painter on the twenty-six man roster by the All Star break, if not the trade deadline. That's that's sort of what we're what we're getting right now. What we're hearing. I don't know if Painter will be up until September because of this. Because Maybe. he's gonna, he might stop, right? Like he might stop for. He's gonna need a months. rehab, and he's gonna. Need four, a, yeah, he said. He said four weeks. He's four not, weeks he's, and and that's already been, and he hasn't been pitching for already a week or so. So he's, we got maybe like three, three more weeks at least before they actually do whatever they need to do, injections wise, MRIs, CAT scans, whatever they're gonna be doing. All the it's not bad, right? Because if it was bad at all, they would just get Tommy John. Like yeah, I, I don't but... think they're doing a Bryce Harper thing where it's like his UCL is basically torn, but we need him right now. I yeah. wouldn't think if it's a sprain, it just well, needs I mean, to if torn you a little put bit. a pitcher on the mound with a torn UCL, that's it's not going to kind of like physically impossible to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. obviously he he's hopefully going to be able to start throwing in a month. Um, you know, Aaron Nola had a very similar thing happen to him, as uh, Dylan mentioned on the last podcast. Um, I think, you know, we have high expectations. It would be incredible if, you know, I would really like the Phillies to add him to the 
you know, 40 man at some point this season prior to the trade deadline, just because if he doesn't end up becoming a September call up, that might be pretty huge, especially if we get sort of what happened with like Kyle Gibson towards the end of the season where Kyle Gibson just basically blew up at the end of August and September. And we kind of had to stick with him because we really didn't have anyone else. I don't see Fulton making it a whole season. I mean, do you guys, like you're saying, do you see him making a whole season being productive? I don't know, man. I think I'd rather have Christopher Sanchez than him. Yeah, I don't know. Not, he, Christopher Sanchez got lit up today. <laughs> I don't know what you're oh, talking no. about. Oh, <laughs> Philly's no. lost. Philly's lost like 15 to five. Yeah, like, <laughs> correct. Yeah, and it was. And Sanchez had given up, I think, seven runs before he got pulled. Oh boy. Oh, so, and this was against the Braves. Um, not that the Braves are a bad team. It's just like it. it it's not good someone who's looking to get that fifth starting role, if not like the long relief role is just like getting smacked around. I know it's spring training, but we're getting towards the end. And, you know, I think that we need to start seeing... two weeks. Right? Yeah. We got, we got about a couple more weeks, but like, you know, Still, we're getting I mean... there. Like it's March 14th. The season starts in exactly two weeks. March 28th is opening day. Not wait. Yeah, so are we going to be uh, going down to New York? Anyone going or no? I'm definitely going to New York for uh, sure. Going as well, so. what? Uh, mon- I'm going on that Monday game, I think. Uh, I haven't gotten the tickets yet, but I'm looking to get them. Um, but I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to go to the Monday night game. Uh, so Phillies versus Yankees. I will be doing whatever the middle game is and the last game. Of that series. So, so that's Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. So that'll be good. Expect some great pictures, some great tweets out from the Michael Culp regarding the game. Uh, just so you know, for all our viewers at home listening, we, we are going to have some uh, people down down uh, at the ballpark uh, gauging from the grandstands. <laughs> um, he might be uh, antagonizing a lot of uh, Yankees fans at the so same man. time. Yeah. No, that's close chirps are beyond weak. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll definitely probably get in a few fights out there. So there we go. Tell them just start it? saying it's a hoagie. Just start saying it's a hoagie to all of them and see what they say. <laughs> all right. The next injury that we have to break down um that's come to our attention. Garrett Stubbs has some right knee irritation. It is expected that he doesn't have an expected return. They said TBD, um, but he did get – he's going to undergo some testing tomorrow, March 15th, the Ides of March, and hopefully we'll hear more. Not the greatest thing you want to hear about a huge clubhouse guy, great backup catcher, and, you know, on occasion, not a bad relief pitcher. Um, that's where we draw the line. That's where we draw the line, (laughs) but no, he's, uh, he's definitely was part of the heart and soul of that team's run, um, in 2022 and for the foreseeable future as the backup catcher. Wait, 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 heart and soul of the run. Did he even play an inning in the playoffs? Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. In the playoffs? Yes. When did he play? Wild like card. a meaningful inning, not not when they were like beating the shit out of Atlanta. 
Hey, all that you asked for was if he played. He did yeah, play. Exactly. When did he play? All three did rounds. He... All four rounds. All four rounds. Uh, got bat. I don't think he played. He got some pinch hit at bats. Did he ever Dude. get behind the plate? Yeah. He yeah. some uh, I think he took over like maybe once or twice. We might have to look that up, but okay. Uh, yeah. All right. This. I'm not I don't know right. about that. But all while, right. while we do the digging, do you guys think there is a potential upside since I didn't realize that Marshawn could be backing up JT early on? Do you no. think it would be nice? Hey, maybe if Stubbs is out for a couple weeks at most, maybe a month at most, uh Marshawn gets some valuable MLB time. No, not at all. Not at all. Are we off, Marshawn? He, no. He can't hit, man. He can hit. I don't know what you're talking about. He can I hit. Mean, last year, we were very much on. Like, at this time, we were very much on to Marshawn. And I am very much on Marshawn. I, I think that he still has a lot of potential. He's only 25, 26. Um, and he's going to get better. Obviously, the pop isn't totally there. Um, I mean, he has one home run in years. That was he'll yeah. ever be there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he didn't have any at bats this postseason, at least in the World Series. I know he has non-existent power. That is true. I mean, it's not non-existent. He just he's a very small guy, packs a punch when it comes to contact, but it's not the, the biggest. Did not have an at bat in the playoffs. I know. Yeah. I just saw that. Yeah. <laughs> it took Dylan like 10 minutes to try to find that, but I took. I was on the baseball fun. reference and then the, the page was messing up. Okay. All right. Well, you know, he was dancing on his own in, in the, in the, in the dugout. That's what he was doing. And it was great. And I, I was vibing. Probably could have used some at bats, honestly, like it would have mm-hmm. been a bad thing, but yeah. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully we can get our backup catcher back. I'm really big on the backup catcher being important, especially because I despise Andrew Knapp for all these years, and he's been plaguing Andrew the Knapp crap out of me. Andrew Knapp hasn't played for the Phillies in, like, three years. <laughs> no. He's bouncing around baseball. A year. A year. Like, at least a year. He played hey, for man, us he's on the Pirates now. Uh, good he's riddance. Good riddance. He's cheap. No, no one cares. He's a great guy. Apparently, I, I don't care. Apparently, I, I don't care. I think you would have care. been really good friends if you were working for the Phillies whilst he was there. You would have. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I I would not like this. Would not we, we would not have developed a friendship. <laughs> um, he's 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 in top five most hated Philly in my eyes. <laughs> All right, let's move on from Andrew Knapp because he's no longer relevant. Exactly. Exactly. Who should so we move on to now? Obviously, the last injury we've already talked about it is Bryce Harper and his recovery. You know, obviously he's been making uh he he arrived to uh he arrived to spring training. Obviously, you know, he's watching the World Baseball Classic from afar, even though he was supposed to be a part of it. Um, he's rooting for the guys. Um he had Tommy John surgery in November. Um, Harper started hitting balls off uh, the practice tee on March 9th. So, oh, okay, that's yeah, great. yeah. I so didn't know if he was just dry swinging. He's hitting balls off the tee. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah, he he's he doesn't he doesn't know what his timeline is. Um, he is optimistic that it, he could 
be back before July, apparently. He is optimistic that he could be back before July, which would be huge. And obviously, it would only be in a, in a DH capacity. Um, and I think, you know, if he does come back, it might be similar how we were thinking September 1st last year. But he came back, you know, a week and a half earlier than we initially anticipated him in August. It might be a similar to rough start for him, you know, adjusting. Because, you know, by end of June, I would assume most most uh, major league pitchers are, you know, hitting their stride for the most part. So mm-hmm. he is going to he is going to play a little bit Kyle of catch up. Unless they have to face Kyle Schwarber. But you, you, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it is gonna be interesting to see how fast he really feels. And obviously, you know, Bryce kind of has his own say when it comes to this in a lot of ways. You know, if he wants he up the, and he, he feels good. Team, so he is, yeah. He's coaching. He, 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 he really he, is. He's gotten every guy he wanted. <laughs> Let, let's be real. Like he's had, he must have had a say. Mini, I know you hate this comparison, but Mini LeBroni, as he can like kind of, you know, charter a, a charter a franchise. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Bryce Harper kind of is the LeBron. Right. Like, uh, of baseball. Just, yeah. I mean, they both, they both were like watched like a hawk from yeah. high school. Prodigies. Like, like Bryce Harper was on like sports, like a like the Sports Illustrated issues or whatever. Literally, the chosen one, I think they called him in high school. Yeah, they uh, honestly, like it, it was ridiculous, and that was when he was a catcher. You know, yeah, oh, I completely forgot he was a catcher. Yeah, like he was nasty, like, <laughs> dude. Him, Kyle he was Schwarber, so good, bro. Look at all these, look at all these catchers, first baseman, DHs that we got, and look at them all come together. Isn't it a beautiful thing? What a sight to see. Well, the Phillies throw nine DHs on the field every day. So Nick Cassiano's uh, MVP season. Homer today. I know. He he Dude. said after he homered today, I haven't oh, felt no. this good in a long time. And I was oh, like, no. I was no, like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Now I have all these expectations for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Nick. Uh, <laughs> I'm expecting 35 home runs this season from yeah, this man. Not what, 13? Uh, oh, we do God. still have that agreement still. So. Oh, yeah. What's, yeah what's I hope you had fun again? while you being on the pod lasted because you're getting kicked off. What's this, what's this bet? <laughs> we, all right, for the audience, we're reiterating the bet that Connor and Culp made uh, a couple episodes ago regarding couple. the. Dude, this, this was made back in like December. Yeah, well, a few episodes ago, um, regarding the projected first half of the season for Nick Castellanos, and I do believe is it fifteen or twenty home runs was the the was fifteen home runs. I think it was two seventy. Yeah, twelve I know doubles, it was over 270. fifteen home runs. The first half. Yeah, the first for half. Nick Castellanos. That was the requirement. Because well, Culp's gonna, Culp thinks he's gonna hit three hundred and win MVP. I do think. And he said he's gonna hit two seventy in the first half, so he's gonna have to hit like three thirty in the second half. Yeah. I mean, two seventy is uh, doable. It's. Yeah, but he's not. If he hits that in the first half, what's he realistically gonna hit in the second half? <laughs> Uh, 500. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Next question. Well, furthermore, um, I think that, you know, last quick recap, I think we got to address, um, what's going on in the world baseball classic. How have you guys been enjoying it? Have you been watching it? No, 
No. <laughs> watched okay. a, I watched more than I thought I would. It's, it's been all late. Uh, move up the times, and I might be able to watch it. Yeah. Um, I think starting the game I, at ten o'clock at night. Yeah. I mean, I, I I've been watching like maybe the first hour, and then I I go to bed just because of the time difference. But you know, it's interesting. I didn't think that the United States was going to lose to Mexico. I did think that Mexico would be the second best team in that pool. Well, we didn't just lose. We got our asses whooped. 11 to 6 is not pretty, especially with how they judge the tiebreakers. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. It's not like based off of like run differential per se. It's it's like how much is scored per game, also how much you let up. And that it's like it's like a weird statistic, like per run scored, per run runs earned. And you know, for the pool that was I think it was but pool it's not a, run differential, but it's it, it's like it's this weird it, it's like it's it's the runs earned versus the runs uh like not the runs earned, the runs scored against you versus the runs you've scored. So you could you could theoretically oh, like for okay. instance Pool A in Taichung, Cuba, Italy, the Netherlands, Panama, and Chinese Taipei all tied at two. It was a five-way tie, 2-2. But because Italy and Cuba scored more runs in their games, regardless win or loss, they got the two bids and they got the tiebreaker. So it's a different way. It's a little funky to judge it, but... There is a scenario where Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. could all seemingly go three and one. And because the United States did not score, I mean, like they scored six runs, but like not 11. But the thing is, they also mercy ruled Canada with 12 runs. So yeah, that I definitely helped. I felt bad for the one guy. Yeah. Single A going up against the yeah. star lineup. Couldn't he, was find 19, plate. he was 19 years old and he just got absolutely demolished. Yeah, he got rinsed. <laughs> I might watch the Taiwan pitch tonight from Mexico. Oh, it's, yeah, Taiwan Walker's pitching tonight. tonight for is Mexico, he yeah. is he I don't want to speak out of turn. Is he half Mexico? Yeah, I think he's uh He's part Mexican and part African American. Gotcha. Um. So, yeah, it's 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 very different for such a, you know, printer paper uh, <laughs> roster such as the yeah. Middle East. Well, how about China the other day? Yeah. Twenty-two runs. And that was Korea. Years. That was Korea. My bad. Against China, though. So you yeah. were half right. Oh, look at that. <laughs> but no, they set like they set the WBC record for most runs scored in a game. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I like. I mean, like it because the mercy rule doesn't hit until the fifth inning. They had to keep playing. And they just kept scoring runs. I felt so bad. I was like, how was that not like? How did they not stop that at some point? And then I realized, like, oh, they had to go to at least the fifth inning. But. You know, for all those people that bought tickets to USA Canada, I'm glad you all got to go home early. <laughs> um, I'm be heading down there. I'm it does there. seem loud, right, Cole? Like, doesn't it seem loud on TV? It seems like people are there. No, no, people are 
Like <laughs> that's like, the most gold Miami's ever gonna be. So enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Phoenix and Miami have been quite crowded, I would say. Definitely not as crowded as some of the matchups that happened in Tokyo. I mean, Tokyo's just like the atmosphere for baseball there is incredible. Like technically sumo wrestling is the, is the nation, like the national sport of Japan. But, but they love baseball. No, no. Baseball is literally like, it, it is the most watched sport. Like it is, it's crazy how much it's taken a rise there. And like the experience there, if anyone ever gets around to go into Tokyo or just in general to Japan and sees an MPB game, you will not regret it. It is some of the best baseball you'll see. Just like the some of the base, best baseball atmosphere you'll ever experience. Um, but I digress. It's going to be interesting the next few days. We are going to see what happens to Team USA. Hopefully they make it out of this pool and don't get eliminated. It would be the first time ever in the World Baseball Classic if Team USA... Really? got eliminated in the first round um it's never happened before so hopefully that one loss bad loss to mexico does not make or break their uh their chances of moving on the mike trout effect yeah trey turner <laughs> uh, effect dude, actually the pete Alonso. no that is not because of trey turner no 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 what? oh no i'm not saying it, he, it, the loss was because of him actually um, it is uh i don't even think he played he didn't pete play Alonso? No, yeah, no, they no, no. The Mets guys. Yeah, they they played the Mets guys and they, they all lost. they got creamed. <laughs> all right, yeah. So you know they put in the Mets guys and they got fucking demolished. Literally <laughs> killed like fifteen runs or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's crazy. You know, all these projected, all these projected records for the Phillies, the Braves, and the Mets. They keep putting the the Mets are the Braves in one and two. And I'm just like, the Mets aren't going to hit like no matter what they do, that it's either they're going to get good pitching and they're going to win a bunch of games, one to nothing, or they're going to lose a bunch of games, one to nothing. And that's what happened to them when they had Jacob DeGrom. That's when they had, you know, Syndergaard and everyone that was good prior to their new staff. It's going to be, you know, I just think it's funny that they, they got Alonzo McNeil and, all those other guys to join this team and they started them against Mexico. Like, Oh yeah. Well, uh, the, I mean, this team's a super team. Mark, I'm Mark DeRosa. I, I know how to manage a baseball team, which I mean, I think you should just stick to the colored commentary booth. I'm going to be honest. With you. Guy. He is a good, he is a good color commentary guy. Um, I don't know if he is the best person to manage that team. Um, I think they made what, them take IO. And a bunch of them were like, I haven't done that since I was in high school. <laughs> oh my god. Well, like you know, interesting way this to is such a try hard move. No, no, it's interesting. Some of these color commentators are just, you know, they are not with the game. Do you know what I mean? Like they're from a different era talking about the modern game. And it's just like you don't have that many commentators out there who are like who can say that they've played the modern era game and can understand it better or even just have people who are like good in communications and good in media who didn't play the sport at like the professional so no level color guys at who least didn't play unfortunately you know i yeah. wish you could have color guys who played in college like, that'd be fine 
yeah like even then yeah that's like that's still like because at least they understand the landscape they'll have connections i'm sure some of their teammates probably made it to the show or in the show so it's like they can talk with them but you know it's the the media world is you know when it comes to baseball is a little bit out of touch just a little bit um no what are you gonna say colt I was going to say, aside from what you just said, it really just shows the Mets cannot win in a game <laughs> when there is any sort of pressure. Yep. Anything. Anything could happen. Crumble. 99% of the time, yes. Yeah, that's true. I'm not going to be raising that apple in center field uh, that much this year. Guaranteed. No matter what, if moving the fence. Especially when they got yeah, because they can't hit the ball deep. That's why I know <laughs> they move the fence again. We bitches, jeez. <laughs> yeah, why not just build a hitter friendly ballpark like Citizens Bank? They move like, the come fence on. again. <laughs> they move the fence again. They also uh built uh, a new scoreboard. Um, yeah, I remember we talked about that. Yep, and it's gonna be just slightly bigger than ours. Just slightly big in one direction, not in like complete um just in one direction just to like <laughs> because steve cohen just wants to be petty i guess but i don't think anyone at the phillies is really going to care when they get a better record or get farther in the playoffs that's just really what it is i mean come on the, the big screen is their world series let's be honest <laughs> the world series bonus went to the screen <laughs> yes that's that is their world series the unveiling of the biggest scoreboard that they have now <laughs> but yeah anything else final remarks uh, what about uh, lineup projections lineup <laughs> projections okay um, when everyone returns opening day um, I think that you know Trey Turner is probably going to be leading off I have no doubt about that I really, really want this to be like, I mean, like, obviously I think that Schwarber might be just put in the two hole just to see if like, you know, if Turner gets on and then he gets a Schwarbaum, it's going to be two nothing right there, which, you know, in, in theory, great strategy. I like it. I don't think that Schwarber is best suited for like the three hole or anything like that. Um, but part of me really wants to put Bohm in the two um, just because He'll be able to move, move the, Nick, the runners. Nick spent like more than half of his career at the two hole when yeah. he was good at baseball. When he when, when he was good at baseball. <laughs> so that's yeah, I remember that. That was fun. That was yeah, crazy. That was really cool. Wow, that, that guy was, was really talented. He was something. But um, no, honestly, I think it'll probably be, I probably think it'll be Turner Schwarber, um, I think. It'll be either J. I think it'll be JT or Reese, but I think it's I'm leaning more towards three? JT in the three, and then, but like I'm I'm not like that comfortable putting the starting catcher in the three hole, but I'd rather put him in the four. But I don't think that Reese is best suited in the three, so I kind of want to put Reese at the five and Castellanos at the six. You will love my lineup. And then, um, so honestly, I think I might put put, put Bohm at three. I might go Turner, Schwarber, Bohm, Real Muto, uh, Hoskins, Castellanos, and then was it 
Stott. Marsh. Yeah. Stott and Marsh. Yeah. I got uh, Turner, Schwarber, Boehm, JT, Reese, Cassidy, yep. Hall, Stott, and then Marsh. Forgot about Hall. Yeah. Hall would be, yeah, it would be Hall. You have, wait, do you have Stott last or Marsh last? I have Marsh last. Okay. So, yeah, Marsh Hall. Marsh last. Paul Stott Marsh. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Part of me kind of wants to move Stott a little bit up in the lineup and mix and, and do a mix up where it goes lefty, righty, lefty, and kind of go six like or five. Like, no, like, no, put like Stott at seven. Like, like, so it'll be like, it would be like Stott Hall Marsh. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, they're all lefties. I, for some reason in my head, I had a Hall as a, a righty. I don't know. I why. think they might start Nick off. I think it will be Schwarber and uh, Turner, but I wonder if they start Nick off at three and then interchange him and JT at three with Hoskins fourth, unless they put Hoskins fifth. But they haven't shown the tendency to do that as much in recent years. And then you know, the rest of the lineup will shake up. Put them at Here's six. Honestly, no, I, I actually I think I think I amended too. Honestly, I put Hall at the four. If if Castellanos plays at a high level Castellanos. Like- Shut up, man. I know what you said. I was hoping no one noticed. I think we noticed. If, if, you know, if Cassianos plays up to the standard, which I hope, him at number five or six is, you know, driving in all the runs. So, yeah. like per, that's I think you should that. keep him in a non start RBI dependent position. Now, three is or two, but because you don't want to be dependent on him driving RBIs. Like you, you know, theoretically, you want yeah. to depend on your best RBI hitters to drive an RBI. So you're not having to depend on JT to do that at four. JT can be at five or JT could be at two, but she hasn't done a lot, which I feel like would be a really solid spot. And if you would move off of Schwarber, moving him further down the list, if Castellanos can be good, I feel like any can hit three or four, everything else becomes so much easier. I'd rather so have it. I mean, yeah, I, yeah I would like to have Schwarber in the five or the six hole, not going to lie. I would. It they just, won't do it. it. <laughs> I, I just I don't I don't think they'll do it. Personally, I would love to see a Turner Bohm, uh, yeah. like one two. I just think that that's perfect. I really do. Just like getting Bohm's people. A two on base. He he's he's, he's he's a one two. Yeah, he I could, could be see three. He could be the one or the two in my eyes. I really do. I really do think that. Um, I just think that Bohm is going to have a big power surge, uh, this year. I think you see Bohm hit like 20, 25 home runs. How will that affect his average that he had? I don't know. I think he can hit 300, like stay 290, 300 and hit 25 home runs easily in the two hole. I think that that's very possible. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. (laughs) Off the cuff. All right. Um, Yeah, I got Turner leading off, obviously. Uh, then I have JT, Bohm, Schwarber, Castellanos, Reese, Derek Hall, DHing, uh, Stott, then Marsh. Yeah, I like that lineup too. I think, I mean, like, you know, I think that's a, the most realistic lineup, and just like judging from like trends that Rob's done in the past. And I think that, you know, in the beginning of spring training, I think he was being coy. When he was saying like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know," I think I, I kind of like Kyle in the in the leadoff. You know, he was gonna like thinking about leaving him there, but then he's like, "You know what? 
this Turner guy might not be too damn bad. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, the way I see it is... You signed uh, for that much money to do that. <laughs> Trey Turner and JT, probably your two fastest guys at yeah. the top of the lineup. Then Stott and Marsh, your number three and number four fastest guys at the bottom of the lineup. So you have speed, I like that. You have speed yeah. at the top and bottom, and then you have... Boom. We don't know what he's going to be yet. I feel like 15 home runs out of him is fair uh, to expect this year. Mm -hmm. And you have Schwarber, Castellanos, Reese, and Derek Hall. Just the absolute meat. And then <laughs> and then you have Bryce coming back for Derek Hall. And they'll, like, obviously, when that happens, they'll probably move Bryce up to three or four. Yeah. Boom might drop down to five. Schwarber could move up to – or Schwarber could stay at four. Who knows, but that's what I have for uh, for opening day. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I'm uh, I'm interested to see how they're going to do over those first six games in Texas and New York. Um, I think, you know, with the healthy rotation, with a healthy rotation, they – I, I think they could go – four and two, five and one with a healthy healthy rotation in those six games. But that that would be the best case scenario is you know four and two and five and one. I'm gonna be honest. But I don't know what's gonna happen. Texas has been giving us some trouble the past couple of years. I don't even remember the last time we played Texas. I am it was it was last they, year. They would always sting us last year when we were in the hunt. Yeah, be like mid summer, mid like July, we'd be like a couple games out of the hunt. We played them. We played them four times. We yeah, played them four times, us. and we and we lost three out of the four times. Yeah, um, Jonah Heim. Yeah, Jonah Heim, and like it's going to be interesting. You know what happens? Like Degrom is, I I think he's healthy now, or is on his way back to being healthy. Somewhat, we'll see. You know. He might wuss out in the end. He's gonna get oh. hurt by July, so we'll be okay. By July, I think it could happen earlier. Unless we finally miraculously find out, oh, Degrom was just you know taking time off because he just like didn't want to pitch in a Mets uniform. <laughs> makes it makes sense actually. I make sense how the the way he left, he was just like, I don't want to hear any deals from New York. I want to go. I want to. I want the best deal that's not New York. Like. I mean, who the hell would want to play in New York? Their fans are absolute garbage. I mean, Mets fans aren't really legitimate fans, are they? Like, I, I'll give respect to the Yankees fans a little bit, but, like, you know, Yankees Why? fans are awesome. No, no, in the sense that, like, they're passionate. Not not, not really. in the My sense that they're... a Yankees fan. He's a loser. Oh, man. Well, you heard it here first, <laughs> folks. Yankees <laughs> fans are losers. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think that's enough for uh, this episode. I think that it's going to be uh, great to listen into. So everyone enjoy at all times of the day. We love to hear it and uh, share us on social media. Follow us for more content. We have a pretty active Twitter, fun fan base, <laughs> and we, we often get the giggles out of the out of the people. So for um, all of us at 215 Seamer Podcasts, Good morning, good evening, good night. Peace. Peace, y'all.